0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Ferncast. I'm Daniel Rad and today I have Luke Dilly, who works on rural development in Japan. Japan's rural regions are facing a number of difficulties, the greatest of them being dramatically decreasing and ageing populations, which has led to, in some extreme cases, the, d- the d- desertion of entire villages, um... Luke has been in Japan for about seven to eight years and um, has been looking at the developments of that country. Luke, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, Can you tell us more about your research uh, in Japan and uh, what you've noticed in terms of rural development uh, or rural decline as uh, you've noticed previously? Sure. Um, So uh, originally my... um, I was
1: actually looking at um, environmental groups in uh, the UK, um, and my PhD was really focused around that. But I was I moved to Japan. I started to become obviously more interested in uh, rural development issues and um, sort of the approaches to rural development that was being taken here in Japan, um, and also in particular some of the um, you know as you know as you just mentioned uh, the big problem of of depopulation. And really, what actually spurred my interest in rural development as a topic um, was the fact that I was um, uh, I was a, what's called a jet, which is a, a Japanese uh, uh, sorry, a, uh, basically an English teacher uh, right. in high schools and junior high schools in uh, a very small town in the northern island of Japan on Hokkaido, which had been suffering from population decline for many years. And economic decline to some degree too, and it was uh, had a population of about six thousand people, but there were very few people there of my age. Um, I was the only non-Japanese res- non-Japanese person living in that area too, and that really kind of spurred my interest in rural development as a topic. Um, and so, when I after I did my PhD, I returned to Japan, and my research is kind of focused on. Um, Uh, Most recently, uh, in-migration into rural areas of Japan and the Japanese government's uh, attempts to promote rural in-migration, but also I've um, been interested in local community development initiatives as
0: well, um, uh, run by local NGOs and so forth. So you mentioned Um, Mm in-migration. What what programs have the Japanese uh, come up with to try and promote this? Because obviously uh, as many people know tokyo is one of the biggest urban centers on the planet and you know the urban pull uh, continues uh apace i assume in japan as well
1: yeah um there uh, there's been a long history of rural development initiatives in japan and many of them have really um i mean really since the post the, from the post-war period there's been attempts to um, revitalise or economically develop rural areas which are often seen as sort of technologically and culturally behind or backwards. Uh, the idea here was to try and um, improve or, or improve the sort of infrastructure of the areas to make them more attractive places to live or more easy, better places to live and this of course was part of the aim was not only economically developing these areas but keeping the population there, or, or making sure that um, you know that there wasn't such a sort of huge out outmigration. Um, uh, but over the years, uh, what we've more recently what we've started to see are um, uh, specific or sort of explicit attempts by the Japanese government to try and um, encourage uh, migration from urban areas, particularly the Tokyo area, into rural areas. And um, I'm not sure if it's still running, but there was, um, during during the sort of COVID pandemic period, the central government was offering uh, people who moved from central Tokyo to rural areas, offering them money basically to do that, and would also subsidize the setting up of businesses um, or, or provide money for setting up businesses and those kind of things. But generally, we can see across rural Japan, a range of different kind of initiatives and uh, schemes to try and encourage people to move into rural areas, um, including things like what's called uh, housing banks or or empty housing banks, which are basically lists of underutilized buildings that people um, are able to rent, uh, usually at a very low cost. And so the local council or the local government will often run these or pay somebody to run these websites or lists of houses. And the idea is that people who are interested in moving to rural areas can use these sort of lists of houses as a resource to find suitable housing for themselves. So that's one of kind of a number of different schemes that are kind
0: of available. And um, how have the local municipalities or the local prefectures, um, how have they worked with the central government to promote um inward migration at least on a local level
1: yeah so uh, i mean that's a, a good question and that uh, something is slightly out of my of uh, my kind of deep understanding if, if that makes sense but i mean what we see is often um the central government providing sort of funding um To local government to set up these types of uh, local level initiatives. Um, For example, as I said, these housing banks. um, And what you'll also see is um, often a sort of national level um, initiatives that tie into these local or prefectural level kind of initiatives. So, for example, um, there's a national website um, aimed at um, aimed at those considering migrating into rural areas. Um, uh, It sort of offers a kind of introduction to rural living, if you want to call it that, Mm -hmm. where people can look for places uh, in rural areas which they may find attractive. And then at a local level, what you'll see is a very sort of similar kind of system, you know, what's called kind of introductory services. So you can actually ring up this local kind of uh, organization and ask for advice on how to find housing, how to access welfare, um, uh, or you know other services that are needed and and these people or these organizations are try uh, aimed at really uh, making that transition or making that move from rural er- urban areas into rural areas as smooth and as easy as possible in many ways
0: but they're kind of mirroring to each other on a local and national level. On an anecdotal level um, yeah. how have you found the response from the locals? What, in terms of... As in uh, inward, the new new local, rather.
1: Um, to, to moving into Japan? Yeah, into rural areas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, there's some interesting research around this. Um, there is, anecdotally, I've heard stories of um, people who move into, or often what are quite uh, tight-knit communities uh, or local areas um, and often on the basis of a set of expectations about rural life um, uh-huh. and later on they find that actually uh, these expectations are not met and this can mean that people will sometimes leave the area because you know they find that it just doesn't seem to suit them. Um, in terms of kind of receiving... The communities that receive these in again, I, I mean, I think it's, it's you know, mixed and it's difficult to generalize. But from my experience, um, you know, because these communities are, many of these rural communities are really starting to uh, decline. Any kind of in-migration is often seen as quite a positive thing, actually, and it's kind of celebrated um, and often... You know, people can be quite, um, uh, you know, they, they're welcome to really in, in in many cases. I mean, I know as a as a non-Japanese person moving into uh, a small local rural community here in Japan, um, I've had nothing but, you know... Help and um, assistance and kindness shown towards me.
0: Um, are, are, are the locals quite curious to know why you're there? Is They're is very well aware of what I'm doing here. So huh.
1: you know, I, I, live, I work just up the road. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's. Uh, I think there's a sense that you know, people migrating into rural areas are kind of uh, you know. It's a positive thing, it brings vitality back. New people are kind of around, and it sort of brings yeah, the yeah, vitality is, is maybe a word to use
0: there. Yeah, um, and what's been your experience on a personal level, uh, about living in Hokkaido and um, you know, living your daily Hokkaido. life? That's yeah, sorry, yeah, you know,
1: um, um, I, I. Well, I mean, I've always enjoyed living in in non-urban areas. Shall we say that? Um, and you know, there are always downsides with living in any uh, rural area, lack of public transport, um, those kind of things. Uh, but generally, I've had a, a quite a positive experience of, of living in rural Japan. I lived in a very rural area, of Hokkaido, as I said, um, and I'm living in a fairly rural area now. Um, but yes, I mean there are the issues that every rural area is faced. Lack of transport, increased kind of transportation costs because you have to run a car. Um but on the other side you get, you know, I mean Japan wilderness is is is, is amazing and I'm very lucky to live in this kind of this kind of area.
0: Um you mentioned about rural services in decline. So obviously you've got the experience from the UK where you know, for example, rural bus services have dropped off a cliff in recent years. Yep. Have you seen, you know, is it comparative uh, in Japan? I,
1: well, no, actually. I would say J- services in Japan, uh, rural services in Japan, uh, from my experience, um, are uh, very good, actually. Um, the We still have a local train line running um, very close to my house. Um, it's a bit too far at the station for me, but there is still a sort of local train running. They do have... Bus services here, uh, on-demand bus services as well, where people can call up and, and make an appointment basically to be picked up. Um, you know, there's still a very heavy emphasis in Japan on infrastructure as a, you know, infrastructure as a development. Uh, how do I say this? As as a means to development. Um, so there's still uh, a lot of kind of uh, building, of uh, roads um, and other forms of infrastructure. And across rural Japan, I mean, I find the things like public services or or even facilities are far better than many places, many facilities I would have found comparatively in the UK, sports halls, leisure centres, childcare facilities, all of these things I've found to be very
0: well provisioned actually in, in rural Japan. And do you think that's because of a different mindset in terms of local governance? Rather, you know, uh, well, I mean, I can't speak for the whole of Europe, but, you know, we have the example of the UK where, you know, councils are cash strapped. Um, uh, I assume, you know, if there's a a dwindling tax base in rural Japan, how do do they justify such um, services if the population isn't there to be using them?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a real issue now in Japan. What you tend to see is uh, huge numbers of sort of abandoned. Uh, well, not yeah. particularly schools is uh, one issue. Uh, abandoned schools. What do you do with these schools that are no longer in use? As uh, some uh, local prefectures have been quite creative in repurposing schools for different purposes, like community uh, meeting areas or hubs for uh small businesses to uh develop those kind of things so like co-working spaces exactly yeah yeah so um but again you know japan had took a very and still to this day takes a very infrastructure focused development kind of approach and uh, this does have risks. Um, in particular, he, areas in Japan that are classified as what is called "kaso chiki," which literally translates into depopulating areas or depopulated areas, they get extra kind of support uh, from the government. And in particular, what they uh, what they get are called um, debt bonds. So, the government, the local government, can issue these bonds. Um, and they're underwritten to the tune of 70% by central government. Wow. So the 30%, I believe this is correct, the 30% is then has to be covered by the, the local municipality. Um, and I think there's only certain kind of things that this, this money can be used on, um, and in particular, again, infrastructure projects are one of these things that can be used, uh, this money spent on, basically. But the problem is that this can incentivize the building up of unmanageable levels of debt or amongst um, uh, local uh, sort of uh, local governments and there are widely re- there's a widely reported case of the town of yubari in Hokkaido which went bankrupt simply because they had spent large amounts of money on sort of uh, one of them was a a uh, uh, like a, a theme park. They built a large theme park and then also a museum and they simply weren't economical and the Ubari were bankrupt under under the, under the the mountain of debt they'd accumulated.
0: Uh, so, and the, the thought process that they got to that location, I mean, they got to that point rather, is that, is that because of the, and I don't mean to sound like generic here, but is it a Japanese mindset of inflexibility? Um, I think it was just the kind of development
1: paradigm at the time um, that one way to kind of develop more rural areas was to particularly attract tourism and um, attract sort of, yeah, urban tourists. And so we had this huge range of kind of resorts and ski slopes and everything that were built all across rural Japan Um, And many of them now are uneconomical or, um, I think in many cases, struggle financially or close down later on. But I think it was just a development of the paradigm at the time. It was uh, what local government was central, uh, sorry, central government was incentivizing local governments to do. And yeah, in retrospect, it probably might not have been the best policy uh, in some cases.
0: yeah so uh, that's what my view on that yeah. Oh, oh, what innovations have you witnessed whilst you've been there? Had something has anything surprised you significantly in terms of you know responding to the wrong response to you know depopulation? So uh,
1: I think I mean as you mentioned Japan is um you know at the sort of one of the countries at the forefront of demographic ageing and shrinkage um, on a global level. And it's really one of the first, you know, it's really one of the countries that's having to deal with this problem first and is trying to come up with a huge range of different kind of uh, strategies and approaches to, to this issue. Uh, and they are, in many ways, being quite innovative, if I think, in taking uh, different approaches. I mean, one of the papers that uh, has recently, or we hope, or one of my papers that I hope to be published soon has recently been looking at what is called um, uh which is a, can be translated as relationship population, but others have talked about it in terms of like nomads. But this basically what it is, is the central government has been encouraging, um, people to migrate repeatedly to rural areas. So in other words, the idea is, or not necessarily just rural areas, but the idea is that um, one way to tackle rural decline is having people uh, stay temporarily in rural areas. So for example, they may migrate uh, repeatedly to a, from Tokyo to say Akita, Let's, let's use that example. And the idea is that they can Either do online work in Akita, um, and in doing so, they kind of contribute to the local Akita economy, um, and also sort of bring a sense of vitality again to the to the local area. And also, the idea is that these kind of uh, these relationship population excuse me, <laughs> these relationship population will help out with kind of revitalization activities or local local uh, voluntary activities and so on and so forth. So the idea is that in a population, in a, in a country where the population is declining as a
0: whole... Yeah, I just wanted to add something. Yeah. I'm just looking at the statistics on it here on yeah. Wikipedia. Yeah. To those who don't know, it says here on Wikipedia that the Akita Prefecture, uh, they had in 2020 at least, they had a 1.28 um, decline in population. Mm-hmm. And it's been declining, what, since the 90s? Is it then uh, probably a
1: bit longer i haven't No,
0: 80s well, even yeah yeah so, so yeah go on.
1: yeah sorry it's, no i my, my I, I, the problem is that the whole of the japan's population is falling so you know it, moving people around internally is a kind of zero-sum game in a mm-hmm. sense right um so you're just spreading a, a falling population even more thinly and the idea is with this kind of kankejinko, is where you have people who have kind of multiple locations, you know, a home in multiple places, that what you do is in a sense is you are able to kind of, um, you know, sh- share populations, or share a population across multiple areas, if that makes sense. But is, is that not spreading people too thin? I mean it's going to be I mean this idea of Kankijinko is relatively recent it's sort of started in around 2015 2016 and so it's going to be interesting to see you know how this pans out or, or on the sort of the what happens uh, to this in the future um, I mean it, it's an I think it's an interesting idea and it's a kind of an interesting innovation um, and you know there's a range of kind of different um, local and national policies or initiatives that have been really aimed at trying to encourage these kind of short-term mobilities into rural areas for example uh, recently schools are now able to accept students on a kind of temporary basis so before it was quite difficult to get your child temporarily into a school or local school which then made it difficult for you to go say live in a rural area for mm. say a week or a month or whatever it was but now they have this kind of dual this ability to for a local child uh, a child to enroll in the school and that enables these kind of footloose individuals to be able to move to different places
0: and uh, this Kankajinko concert Mm. do you think it could be replicated elsewhere
1: I mean that's again an interesting question I mean I I think Mm. I I think it 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 might be difficult to replicate elsewhere but I I think by looking Mm. at the kind of these these policy innovations in japan or these approaches in japan can lead uh us uh lead people to ask questions about some of the assumptions that they have um about kind of rural populations in other countries so you know we often imagine a population in rural areas as being very static right they you know that everybody's kind of unchanging, it's static, it doesn't kind of move and flow, it's, you know, we have this kind of vision of what a rural population is, but this kind of, this idea of Kankajinko seems to kind of undermine that vision of what a rural community is, and actually suggests that we could have a rural population that's really quite dynamic, and flows and moves a lot more. Um, And I I think that's possibly one of the things that we could really take away from Kankajinko, you know, say uh, you know, governments and policymakers in, in, say, Western, in the West or in the UK could take away is un- seeing how we don't have to think about populations as sort of being very static and kind of unchanging in rural places.
0: Um, I've been looking at different houses in um, in Japan and the, some municipalities and prefectures have their own websites for sales of empty homes, mm-hmm. I've noticed yeah. that yeah and 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 the value of these homes are quite low Um mm-hmm. you're talking ten thousand dollars and if you want you can go on youtube and see an entire series of people going around rural japan buying these houses uh mm-hmm. they might be nomad digital nomads you know people who work away from their computer uh, companies they may be you know expats who who you know many people are very interested in japanese culture um would probably love to spend a few years there um do you think that, you know, the whole Kankai Jinko concept works in Japan because of the property prices being so low in those location, locations? Whereas, you know, I was having a look at property, empty properties in, um, you know, rural Dumfries and stuff like that recently. Mm-hmm. And they are, you know, prohibitively expensive for most people. And probably the rural services are less than they are even in Japan with a le- declining population. So do you, think, do you think that, you know, it's probably due to the low cost of housing that makes this a viable option for people on limited budgets?
1: Yeah, so well, Jane Atterton and I and colleagues wrote a report for the Scottish government looking at Japanese responses to island depopulation uh, with a view of kind of, um, but basically for the Scottish government. And one of the things, obviously, when we're kind of looking at comparing these very different contexts of Japan and Scotland, and one of the key kind of differences we noticed, obviously, were house prices. Um, As you mentioned yourself, you know, house prices are, they can be very expensive in in rural areas, particularly in in sort of a desirable kind of holiday locations in Scotland. Um, So, you know, recommending policies that kind of Make sense in Japan, you know, it's difficult to recommend those kind of the similar same policies for say rural Scotland. And I think you're absolutely right, you know, that um, probably one of the things that makes it easier for some people to move or to rural areas in Japan is the the, the, the low cost of the housing here. Yeah, absolutely. Right.
0: And but- so, one of the um, areas. Which is famous in Japan is their opposition to inward migration from abroad. Um, have you found a change in their perception in recent years, considering the dire straits some rural areas are in?
1: Yeah, so this has always been a um, well. This has been something that's been highlighted um, in discussions around depopulating, you know, depopulation in Japan as a whole. One of the issues is, of course, as you said, a lack of um, uh, international migration. I mean, in comparison to other countries, Japan has low levels of in migration, uh, sort of international migration, and it, it's politically delicate. The topic of international migration is politically delicate, and I think there are, I think there are calls to reconsider. Um, or certainly loosen um, migration controls, um, but these are still uh, you know early discussions. I think really is maybe a good way to describe it. I mean, there has been a you know slight liberalisation in migration international migration policy in Japan, but still. Uh, you know, migration is limited into Japan. Certainly, in comparison with, say, the UK, there are lower levels of migration. I believe. Yep. Um,
0: with that being the case, um, are they able to, you know, attract people from abroad? Do you think, um, with their limited schemes that they have? Do you-
1: so. There are um, uh, there are schemes in uh, rural Japan. Or in Japan, um, the aim to bring uh, people in, workers into rural areas. And I forget the exact name of the scheme itself. It's a, the idea is that uh, workers from places, uh, sort of Southeast Asia, for example, mm-hmm. come over to uh, Japan, they learn, uh, you know, they work in a particular industry, they gain skills and then they return back to their to their home country um, and often what you'll find is, um, you know, particularly in rural areas you'll find m- many people who are from Southeast Asian countries maybe working in farming industry yeah. or, um, you know, engineering companies or whatever it is. I, I know that in Akita there are a number of these kind of uh, people who are working uh, in local companies and this has been partly a way to address the labour shortage, or in rural areas. Um, but these schemes have faced uh, criticism. Um, people who have suggested that um, you know they 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 could be uh, forms of labour ex- or forms of exploitation. Basically, that these people are not being paid very well, and so on okay. and so forth. And so there are again criticisms about. For these schemes and often they are quite short term as well uh, um, but you know yeah that's that's one of the sort of attempts i
0: suppose interesting interesting luke uh, i'm gonna have to wrap that up at 30 minutes but um is there any way people can get in contact with you if they're interested in rural de- development in japan
1: sure yes um so uh just look me up on my uh akita international university website um uh, my email addresses are on the uh web um if you have to any questions then i'd be happy to uh, yeah uh, talk to talk to you about it
0: brilliant luke thanks for joining us today on ferncast and uh, we hope to have you again soon with your latest research thank you very much for having me thank you so much